You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a terrific Tuesday. I'm really excited. I got some amazing queens in the building. I got Karen Lee, the new CEO of Plymouth Housing. She'll be joining me, and I'll be asking about her background and how she's bringing her experience to Plymouth Housing. And then later on in the show, I got Aviona Rodriguez-Brown is back in the building with us. She's going to be sharing with us some work that she's doing in the community. Uh, well, of course, y'all, I'm excited because when I get to dive in and have these amazing conversations and bring inspiration to y'all, I get excited. So join me on my energy on this Tuesday. I'm giving it out to you all. But of course, it's the top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. Go ahead, tag and share the stream, y'all, with folks you feel who could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you can't watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all find me. I promise you, Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it, whichever one is your favorite platform, Check me out there by searching the day with Trey. Y'all will find me there. Um, I'm really excited because I got, uh, I mean, she is decorated. Miss Karen Lee is coming up first. Welcome to the day with Trey, Miss Karen. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Trey? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I mean, I want to talk a bit about your background. Before we get into your role at Plymouth Housing, you know, this right here takes a lot of understanding from a community perspective. And I got to ask you, tell us a bit about some of your beginnings in your career that kind of led you to where you are today with Plymouth Housing. My uh, beginnings are um, they're humble, but they're privileged, both together. Um, I was born during the civil rights era and um and I've just uh, witnessed many, many things. And my parents were both uh, givers to the community. My mom was a teacher. My dad was um, an army officer, and he was quite decorated, served in the Vietnam War. And um, and he was also the first African-American to be promoted to general. So I was able to see firsthand not only discrimination from a racial perspective, um, as a child in Virginia in the 60s. But then I also saw, um, you know, what can happen if um, if we are given a chance. And so I think that I just tried early on to, um, you know, have a life similar to my parents, try to make the world a little better from some of the discrimination that I experienced as a child, how, that I experienced as a woman in the military. And... Um, and, you know, and I've been given tremendous gifts because of of trying to live that life. Amazing. Well, you know, when we think about um, the need for housing, it is grand. It is vast. Um, but you have a, a real shining star on your history that I got to dive into because you're the first black 
female to graduate West Point. Did I get it right? From the state of Washington. Wow, okay. From the state go. of Washington, yes. Yeah. Well, that's a huge <laughs> feat. Um, you know, when, when you think about the dedication that it takes to get through um, mm -hmm. that, that academy, we know nationally known uh, as being a top-tier place in terms of, you know, drilling things in Really, my number one thing I get from that is discipline. Tell us a bit about how you br have brought that um, understanding and that experience into your career. I think what you get from, you get a lot of good things from an academy. Um, and uh, back in the day, back when I went in 1982, there weren't many women. The first class graduated in 1980. And when I look back at my time, I'm astonished about how much things have changed today. Um, you know, there were restrictions on what we could do, what branches we could go in. Um, and, uh, so, and, and there was, uh, I would say, um, tough treatment to put it nicely for women. So discipline is taught too, but I just think perseverance, um, mm. is something that I've learned. And I also learned, I think that, the, you know, um, that things can change and the wheels of justice turn slowly, but they turn, um, not often, you know, as quickly as we would like, but, um, certainly, um, they do turn. If I think back about my military time, I think about my sisters that were there. So just for you and for the audience, um, just a bit about a military academy, all of the military academies, Army, Navy, Air Force, um, they have roughly 4,000 cadets or midshipmen, <clears throat> and um, in each of those classes graduate about 1,000, and uh, there's tremendous uh, drop-off. Mm. So they'll recruit about 1,400 in a particular class because they expect uh, to get down to about 1,000 by graduation day, and then after graduation, you, you, you owe time in the military. So when I went, um, the class was about 10% women, and roughly about 15% African-American. Mm. And um, and so the women that graduated with me, my sisters were sisters to this day. And there were right around 20 of us that were African-American. And we, um, we still get together. We talk to each other. We talk about all the things that have happened to us in life, good or bad. And, um, and it is truly, truly a sorority in a way of speaking and and those bonds are with you forever because we have experienced some stuff yeah <laughs> and together uh, you know yes. i can only imagine and you know so then i i wonder like how do you take that perseverance you know the lessons you learn there into your role now i mean you know you're you're just really starting out as a ceo of plymouth housing but we know plymouth housing to be kind of one of those institutions here where when we talk about kind of filling that void, tell us a bit about Plymouth and then how you brought that that experience into your role as CEO. A absolutely. So Plymouth is the third organization that I've led. So I ran um, a state agency, the Employment Security Department, about uh, in the early uh, 2000s. Then I ran um, Pioneer Human Services, which is a reentry organization. It's also a nonprofit social enterprise which helps or people that have just been um, just decimated because of, you know, they've been formerly incarcerated or they have um, a record. And now it's with Plymouth. So I have experience in leading an organization, um, but Plymouth um, 
it's different from the other two organizations because the vulnerability of the residents, the individuals that we serve, it's tremendous. Mm -hmm. And it's people that have, um, you know, we've all had hard knocks in life. And we've all made decisions that if we could go back and unmake those decisions, we would unmake them. That's life. Mm -hmm. The individuals that we serve at Plymouth have had those decisions, um, it's life circumstance, um, illness, disease, uh, overwhelm them to the point where they have no place to live. And, um, and I try to talk to the residents. We have 1,100 residents that we serve directly, um, another 500 that, that we make sure have a place to live outside of Plymouth. So I don't know every single resident individually, um, but some of the stories have a common thread. They didn't intend to be unhoused. It's this sequence of life events that just became more and more and more overwhelming overwhelming that caused them to lose their housing. And then on top of that, the ramification of that is illnesses that become worse. Addictions is a way to cope um, with uh, mental illness or being unhoused and not on the street. And so um, it is, there, it's almost a failure of every other institution that we have from all the other ills that we talk about. A poor education system, not enough housing, over-incarceration, over-policing, um, <clears throat> you, know, you know, poor choices at times that are all wrapped into, you know, discrimination and meanness mm -hmm. and making others invisible. All of these result in someone being unhoused. And, um, and it is, it's sad. But in Seattle, we know the number. We have a, we have a point in time count every year where we, we know we register people most of our homelessness, homeless individuals, sorry about that, we know who they are. They're registered. If we had a place for them to go, it would be different. Mm. And so um, I talked about, you know, perseverance. I have the same belief system that um, the people in our community are good and that um, it bothers them to see individuals living on the street. It bothers them to see people in crisis, and um, and I believe that we can come together and we can solve this problem. Yeah, it does definitely take a unified approach. It's something I'm always talking to Brian Callanan from Seattle Channel and <clears throat> Seattle News Vision Brews here on Converge. I'm always talking with him about this, and we do dove into this last week, just the need for there to be solutions that are really geared uh, towards sustainability because they're listening to the voices of those who they're looking to serve. You know, by centering those voices, I think you come up with some pretty unique strategies and approaches to tackling this. But Plymouth has, like you said, 1,100 residents. You guys are being actively engaged uh, with the community that you're looking to serve. You know, when you think about some of the things you're really excited about, in your new role here uh, in terms of serving, you know, that vulnerable population, as you described. Tell us a bit about some of the top points for you that really um, excite you about, you know, stepping in as the leader of Plymouth Housing and really moving that mission and vision forward. Absolutely. So one thing about homelessness is, is um, it's not a one size fits all solution. 
people are individual and we have to have individual types of solutions um, that we can deliver at scale um, in the social services um, industry. Yeah. So um, what we offer is permanent supportive housing, which is a little bit different. So let's just say that you, um, wherever, you know, where, where you or I live, say we rent an apartment and then um, the building is sold, new landlord comes, they raise the rent three times and then we can't afford to live there. Um, and so then we have to move out. Well, you and I need a different solution, right? We just might need a one-time cash payment assistance for down payment to get another place, right? Or a temporary place till we can find another place. So, um, so that's, you know, that's like a diversion tactic. <clears throat> um, Plymouth serves people that are chronically homeless, that have been on the street, individuals that also have a disability. So what we provide is permanent supportive housing, which is our lane. And, um, and it's an important lane, um, and, uh, and, and we're honored to do it. One thing about the people that we serve is, un unfortunately, um, because of life in America, 50% um, of the people we serve are people of color, mm. and 29% are um, African American. Wow. Here in Seattle and King County, when our percentage in the population is a single-digit number, so, um, you know, what I'm excited about, first of all, is that um, Plymouth is really working hard to not only center voices, but to make sure that we're an anti-racist organization that um, speaks to the need of BIPOC individuals, um, knowing that we can't undo all the harms that have been done in the past, but we want to acknowledge that um, harm has occurred and then do what we can to, uh, to be a learning organization that respects um, those individuals in a way where they'll feel that they'll be seen and that our employees will feel that they've been seen. And we're not perfect, but I'm so excited that we are striving, striving to be an organization that is, is centered on the needs of individuals who have um, be treated, who have been treated as less than in the past. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And, you know, from our board to our employees, we want to be better to ourselves, to the people that we serve and to our community. Yeah. So that's important. It's also important is that we, we want to continue to grow and expand because there are still people on the street that are unhoused. Yeah. And as long as there's a single person on the street that's unhoused, that we should be serving, we feel that we're not um, achieving our mission. So we're adding three new um, um, projects this year. Each of them will serve about 100 more individuals. And then we're expanding to the east side <clears throat> um, and also in North Seattle. So excited about that. And then lastly, um, I talked a little bit earlier that we have um, residents who um, are... Um, in need of additional healthcare services. So we're integrating behavioral health into um, our service offering. So uh, so those three things I'm, I'm particularly excited about and proud of as we continue to help the community um, be a model and, and live the fact that housing is a right. 
Yeah. You know, this is really important because anybody who's working in the housing sector, um, particularly when it comes to those who are unhoused, you all have a model of permanent secure housing That's right. that I think really a lot of other institutions can learn from because we see this revolving door oftentimes. And I was just talking about this, how if you're in one city and you're, you know, at a day shelter and you're getting services from that sh day shelter or you're at a, a, a overnight shelter, whatever, it's all like this temporary, 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 you know, opportunities for folks to kind of tap into that resource when they can. But they need something that is permanent mm -hmm. and that is really sustainable because now you're able to take someone who has seen themselves in that predicament over and over again, kind of in that hamster wheel, yeah. be able to do something about it for themselves, get themselves off of that wheel. And it does often require wraparound services. So it's, it's great to hear that you all are incorporating that. That was going to be another question I had. So I'm glad you answered it because I do think that when, when you think about, what does it mean for you all to kind of be that solution oriented space? Um, I think about some of my family members who have had to, to, to utilize services like Plymouth. And honestly, it is a game changer. You mm -hmm. know, when somebody can say, now I can breathe right now, I can relax because I've been out here just trying to make, make it. Now I got stability that I can use as my foundation. So kudos to you for stepping up to the plate as CEO uh, and Miss Karen. This is really exciting. I'm excited to see what you all do um, as you expand and as you grow in your role. And just know this is the beginning. You know, this mm -hmm. is the beginning of a great relationship as you guys have these projects opening. I would love to stay engaged and informed and utilize my show as a platform to really share that out. I think it's this is something we can celebrate um, when it comes to having spaces that not only understand those unique qualifying needs of the individuals and families you serve, but also that we can learn from how you guys are modeling the way. So kudos to you. you can look right there. Let folks know if they're looking to connect with Plymouth, if they know somebody who is in need of your services, how do they connect with Plymouth Housing? Go to our website, PlymouthHousing.org. And if I also can um, give a, uh, a plug to Seattle Dances, it's one of our major fundraising events. You can follow it online, but that's where we have a Dancing with the Stars competition where you can support a dancer. and. Um, and that will help raise a lot of money for the work that we do because it does take resources for us to be able to provide the services that we do so that our residents can have a healthy, fulfilling and wholesome life. Uh, amazing. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. I learned a lot from you and I'm looking forward to seeing you flourish in your role. Thank you so much. Thanks, Trey. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Well, you guys, that was a great discussion right there. And the greatness continues after this short break. Up next is Aviona Rodriguez-Brown. She's going to be telling us about some things she's doing in community. Stay tuned right after this. You're watching The Day With Trey. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Trey Holiday. 
we're bringing back Black Love When We Met. That's right. We need something to warm all of our hearts and to elevate love once again in our communities. We want y'all to go to whereweconverge.com forward slash Black Love so y'all can nominate your favorite couple for the next rendition of this show with me as the host. Let me sit down and have them on my couch and share how their love can inspire us all. Make sure y'all go and get your nominations in today and be on the lookout for Black Love when we met coming at you on Converge Media very soon. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Uh, you know, I got to say that it's always a pleasure uh, when I am able to be right here and hosting this show. You know, one thing I want to really share with you all is that, you know, it takes the guests to bring their full selves to it. But I'm so grateful that this is really becoming like people are getting more and more use of this platform. And uh, I, I will say that just that last interview with Karen Lee and Plymouth Housing, it's because people are really seeing that this is a way for them to not only share information, but to share the individuals behind movements that we all see out here. And it's important when I, when I talk about being relational and not transactional, that we actually do see folks like Karen Lee um, share her story and share why she's there as a CEO of Plymouth Housing and what she's looking to bring. So I just wanted to kind of share that with you all because I get really excited about those opportunities. And likewise, my next guest is doing it in community, is always doing it. And, and I have seen her in a whole different light, um, away from just her role and her job. So welcome, Aviona. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me back. Great way to start 2023. Yeah, right. Well, I, I would, I, I gotta say, like, I'm so impressed by you. I mean, just recently last week, oh my God, don't, <laughs> I'm not going to get emotional. But just last week, I think for me as a theater kid, mm. I was like, oh, Oh my, I was like, I was like, I got it. We got to talk about the work you're doing in community. So uh, uh, some of my audience may know you from Fifth Avenue Theater and mm -hmm. the work you do there, but you also have your own company. Tell us a yes. bit about that and what got that started. Avion, a flight towards dreams is a community engagement consulting company. And really I work with smaller businesses, individuals, nonprofits to talk about what it really means to bridge the gap between the organization that you are running and the community at large. I'm myself a mixed race person. I'm African American and Mexican, second generation born. And it's important for us to reach everyone across the region of the Seattle greater area, because we all have these different experiences, right, Trey? And yeah. so there's not one fix that's going to work for every single community. And there's going to be different needs for each community. Yeah, absolutely. This, this for me is why I think uh, the work you're doing in community, um, particularly with the covenant and, and bringing your expertise to that space, I want you to be able to share it. I talked a little bit about it yesterday with Def Chef. And for this week, y'all, you guys are going to be seeing covenant guests come through because I really want this message should be loud and clear, but it does take a diverse set of individuals to kind of from different, like diverse perspectives, not just if you're all black or you're all something that that's not the, the point. The point is, is that when you have a set of individuals who are really dedicated towards solution oriented practices, you can make some things happen. So tell us a bit about uh, what the covenant is and what got you started working the with it. 
Absolutely. The Covenant is a group of community organizers and folks just in the community who really believe that we can do better. It's really that simple baseline that together we can do better. And at the end of the day, we're all bringing our different tools. So, for example, my background's in musical theater and theater in general and performance. And so I believe that when it comes to our first issue that we're uh, tackling, which is gun violence, that the most important way to reach people at large is to talk about our individual experiences. I had gang violence on both sides, my mom and my stepdad's side of the family. Um, my grandfather had guns under every bed because he's a hunter. So I've had a really long standing relationship. But I remember growing up in the CD and having the issue of, oh, we can't go out on union. We can't um, we can't hang out in the front yard, you know, and I never really understood as a young person what that meant. Why? But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, because there were bullets flying. And um, recently in the CD on 23rd, 22nd and Union, my mom was in a, a fire, you know, gunfire back and forth. And I was like, well, this is getting way too close to home. And then recent with Devon Pickett and his family's loss, you know, we just can't do it anymore. And so it, we understand as a community, it's up to us to step up and say, hey, what are the tools that we can make? What are the ways that we can communicate with the youth and our families out there on the streets that we can say, hey, done, we're done with this. Let's be better together. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I get excited. I, you know, full disclosure, I'm a part of this work, y'all. But I, I get really excited about it because I appreciate, you know, realizing this is how organizations start. But when you're outside of an organization, you are able to clearly define what it is you're doing, come up with a strategy and working with all of y'all for the last couple of months has been so phenomenal for me. I'm like, whoa, this is what, what it means to get things done. Like we are moving things forward. But uh, as I was sharing last week, really seeing you bring your performance background into it as a theater kid, I was geeking out on the inside because <laughs> I was watching you direct and shift and change and pivot. Um, you know, folks are getting prepared for an introduction on MLK Day, y'all. Mm -hmm. So come out to the Garfield March and Rally. Um, you guys will learn all about the covenant and what the principles are and what we mean when we say doing better together. But I watched you do this and shift and change and pivot. Tell us a bit about how it's been to work with these folks and really bring kind of a performance aspect to this introduction we want to do for MLK Day. First and foremost, I love working with folks who are interested in, in telling their story on whatever platform. I work with a lot of first-time actors, and so that's a, it's been a joy to watch folks in the community, you know, that, that I know because we're in the same community, but also to see them go out of their comfort zone, to try on a role, to say words that emulate their story, but may not be, you know, word for word what they would say, and they're, they're learning lines, they're working through the scene, and also being able to bring one of our covenant members stories to life and for him to say oh you know i survived that and that's my story and just to see his eyes light up and to i hope that us retelling his story on a stage will really reach out to the folks in the audience one i can tell my story and it, it's impactful it matters my story matters and two that 
they can join us and we can give them the tools as well to tell their story in the next iteration or if we get enough people involved to actually form a festival and perform at the Sankofa Theater. <laughs> Maybe we get too many people involved. So then we got to do Langston and Sankofa. Right. Like that's those are big dreams for me. I'm like, let's get everyone out here. Let's tell your story because your story matters. Yeah. And it's it, going to help change the world. Well, it does. And this is why I, I'm always saying, hey, be inspired. See yourself as part of the solution because you never know what your story can mean for someone else. But if you don't share it, you never even have the opportunity to, to in, experience that. And so I, I really appreciate every, you guys, this is such an amazing crew of individuals that were just like, you know, volunteering, coming together every single week to make this happen. And it's been so inspiring for me and so uh it just gives me all the warm and fuzzies as my girl Kay would say uh all the warm and fuzzies about you know what it looks like for us to work together and to do something that's outside of oh but I'm not getting paid for that or oh that's not my job or oh you know right we're like no we saw a need we're filling a void and ultimately it's just it, it was so beautiful to watch you do your thing and I really want to publicly thank you because it takes individuals like yourselves to care enough to do something, Aviona. And you are such a pure gem. Thank you. Thank you very much. It really means the most because I grew up here. I've seen the changes on our streets. I've seen the changes in individuals. I've seen people leave and begged them to stay. And when they come back, I want them to feel as though they're coming home and not that they're coming to this foreign land that's not theirs anymore. And the only way to do that is for us to continue telling our story, to continue making a difference, to continue to put a, you know, a stake in the land and say, no, we're here. And our stories are what made this city and we have to tell them in order to keep them alive. Yeah. Well, your contributions in that space are much felt. I was working on not being emotional, but it's, 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 this is uh, for me, it's another way that I'm saying I'm doing something to create a better world because I have sons and uh, you know, I, I think about future generations and what they're going to inherit. So I just mm -hmm. thank you. If folks are looking to connect with you and your business, uh, I want you to have the moment right now to look right there. Let them know how do they connect with you and all the things you're doing on your business side. Absolutely. Honestly, Instagram is the best way to get a hold from me. Uh, I also have a link tree, but it's linked on my Instagram. And that's my first name, Aviona, A-V-I-O-N as in Nancy A, and create tricks. C-R-E-A-T-R-I-X underscore official. And on there, you'll get links to my website, links to my calendar to put a, a schedule, a meeting with me. And we can just talk about any and all the things. And my first question to you, just so you can prep, is what are your big dreams and how can I help you reach them? Let's do it. Right on. Aviona, thank you so much for joining me today. Always a pleasure to be with you. I so appreciate you making time in your busy schedule to be with me. Absolutely. And I'll see you on Monday at the MLK rally. Yes, you will. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, you guys, I get to wrap up this episode right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a great episode. I got to give a huge shout out to my guests, Miss Karen Lee and Miss Aviona Rodriguez-Brown, both of them doing what they can to make the world a better place by tapping into their brilliance. And I want to encourage you 
all to do the same. Whatever it is that you have deep within you, of course, when you bring it out for all of us to experience, to witness, to be participating in, to have an opportunity to grow with, that is how you see yourself as a part of the solution. Of course, y'all know I'm over here inspired. I want y'all to be inspired. We all need you to tap into your brilliance, bring it out for all of us to be able to experience you in a way that is exponentially great. Um, don't play it small. I think 2023 is a year for all of us to really bring out what we have. And I'm encouraging you to do just that. Uh, be excited. See yourself as a part of the solution. Uh, for those of you who wanted to tap in more and understand what Aviona was talking about with the covenant, you can go to the-covenant.org um, and check out the 17 we statements, the principles that are you know really creating a foundation for what it looks like to be in community together, to raise our collective consciousness, um, and for us to disrupt gun violence. And also not just gun violence, but the mentality and the ideology around it. Those who are protecting, you know, folks who are shooters in our community, those who are encouraging um, young folks to grab a gun, those who are uh, living in that world that say that's their only option. We've got to showcase to them something different. And I am inviting y'all to be ambassadors of the covenant by going to the-covenant.org. You guys can click there, learn more, read the principles connect with it. Um, this is for us to really create a sense of how we're going to move together. And so, of course, that for me is a really inspiring thing that's happening in community. I'm so glad to be a part of it. And I encourage you all to, hey, if that's the way to see yourself as a part of the solution, you can do just that by spreading those principles and living them. For me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m., y'all. <laughs> Atinga chati kubudirira Nwari alipaluti wipendura mbayu chirwa Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.